Hey, welcome to Upright Citizens. What's up, Ruben? How you doing? I'm doing all right, Bob. Here we are hey. again. Here we are again. Yeah, lovely, lovely. So we're here to talk more about some bass, spread some bass love. And, uh, you know, I, I always cherish these uh, these hangs that we get to pick your mind and hear what you, you know, all your thoughts on all this beautiful bass, Ditto. bassness. Ditto, brother. So, Ditto. yeah, always fun. So what are we here to talk about today? Uh, well, we were talking about uh, bass setups and and all the, the wait the geeky we're gonna talk about gear uh, yeah got you to man got to wait got to. was this your idea no 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 you want to talk yours, about gear yours, yours. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you know, but i mean i mean how, how, how much do you actually geek out with other bass players over over you know gear and strings and pickups and all this stuff i mean i haven't done I, it a i don't whole know how lot. i would yeah no i i know not not neither that's usually a topic that i try to avoid if at all possible <laughs> we're not like guitar players or, or saxophone players or you know any drummers of but, course but yeah. but at the same time you know it's a big it's you know if we're talking about our sound you yeah. know and how uh, how well we're going to be able to to function on the the tool that we're using our instrument uh -huh. you know it's kind of a big thing yes, you know like is. so you have to consider you have to consider some some uh you'd be knowledgeable about setups so we we're going to talk about you know the topic today is let's discuss our setups let's do it you know we talk about strings basses pickups amps mics etc right. but disclaimer first of all there's the balance between the sound that you want and the technical aspects of different setups so uh you know we're, we're here to talk about you know having a conception of your sound mm -hmm. and then what you're physically able to do and tr how to get to that point so that's yes. really I, I i hope can be the you know kind of the, the conversation it's all about balance like I mean, how do we yeah, how do we I figure mean, this out i i come from the school of of I mean, like there's a, such a school you're coming from anyway i come from the train of thought that you mm -hmm. want to get the best in sound out of your instrument acoustically right i mean ultimately Absolutely. we want to mm -hmm. use the the technology and everything that's come to us in the 21st century to mm -hmm. to project our sounds the best mm. we can let me interject uh bob is 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 drinking this like half gallon size <laughs> cup of coffee and it's so interesting to see when he picks a big gulp anyway so y'all know that yeah, <laughs> i'm a serious coffee drinker anyway i am a coffee -aholic, there's no doubt <laughs> hi my name's bob and i drink a lot of coffee uh <laughs> hilarious anyway all right sorry to throw you off sorry okay. to throw you off i'll uh, stop this <laughs> <is> great <laughs> anyway <laughs> <clears throat> get serious back to bass talk ruben um <laughs> well let's start well, let's start with let's start with strings let's start there right that's the I first mean, that's the first thing that's making sound on the bass right? right it's our first the first thing we touch you know our for fingers sure. going to the strings and i mean how did you come let me ask you because i've, I've talked to maybe as i say very few bases how they came to using the the string choice that they use mm -hmm. today and i have no idea do you you mm -hmm. tend to change strings often or have you stayed in this with one set of strings uh you know for many years or give mm -hmm. me your give me your story a, bi a bit of both honestly um for many years i just really didn't care there whatsoever like what strings uh immediately yeah. uh you know i would go to you know the to spiral cores yes because that's the most often that's, recommended yeah. ones you know and that's uh, tomastic spiral cores if y'all don't, don't don't know yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. And that's the that's the go to. You know, you think about yes. Ray Brown, you know, uh, Christian McBride, whoever. You know, like you could put names out and associate them with different strings, but I think that's kind of dangerous to do. And the whole conversation of uh, strings in the first place is kind of a wormhole. Yeah. Because 
people can say, oh, I love these strings. Mm-hmm. These strings sound great on my bass right. or with my style of playing that I'm doing. And it is a very, very personal type very of thing. Very personal, a very situational word that we seems mm-hmm. to just come up like mm-hmm. constantly in our podcast. It's it very does, situational. Uh, For very, real, though. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, c- continue up on your, on your string For journey. For changing, yeah, yeah, changing strings. So uh, I think I caught a little bit of that bug after getting to some forums, you know, like, uh, reading some stuff online, but even before that, as I'm thinking back of seeing bass players live, mm. you know, uh, you, when I was, you know, first getting into playing bass, you know, like '90s stuff like that, uh, seeing bass players, I would just mainly see steel strings. Yes. Every now and then you see some of those Labella, the tape, yes. the black yes. strings, Ron you know, Carter. like Ron uh-huh. Carter jobs. Uh-huh. Uh, every now and then you'd see some of those, and then uh, you know, uh, fast forward, you know, five, ten, whatever years, and seeing cats playing with the d and the g string that are gut yeah you know like you start and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh what's going on there yeah yeah. whoa that sounds that's something else Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. uh but uh, previous to that i'd never considered you know like having all gut strings and i've had setups that are all gut strings you know at certain times in my life Mm -hmm. uh to you know really try to embrace that sound steel strings on the e and the a to gut strings Mm -hmm. talking about like olive uh you know and what what do you use now and how long have you been using them uh, at the moment, I have uh, Eva Parazis, the Vikes, yes. on the E, A, and the D, uh-huh. and then I'm using uh, uh, an Olive on the G. Okay. And the reason that I, at this point, that I'm doing that, and I do have a reason, you know, and I think that's part of the conversation too, is, uh, is that I do a lot of Arco work mm-hmm. as well, like in my practice, and then also playing with different groups. But I like just how the how it sounds and how it feels with the tension of these type of strings yeah uh you know it's nothing too tight sometimes steel strings can be a little feel a little bit tighter but they're loud and real bright you know so but the balance i can play them all of those strings Mm -hmm. feel really good playing pizzicato or arco and i want i just that's that's something that's important to me it seems that olive g Mm-hmm. Is something uh, a lot? What's it? Parastro, right? Parastro does yes. that. Does, uh-huh. it makes that makes that. Olive G is something a lot of jazz players. I don't know. Maybe classical players may do this too. End up doing as their uh, primary G string. Like from mm-hmm. from time I've done that over many years. Uh, okay. I haven't been doing it lately, but I've come back to that olive g depend on hmm. that situational I, I can't tell you why i do it just maybe my bass feels a certain kind of way you know let me slap that the olive g on there i'm like oh i like this and then you know half a year later I'm like you know i don't like it anymore it's um, time to change. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um you know my string you know my string journey is is similar i i mean i was playing steel strings when i first started uh and then i explored with with gut strings and uh the damien du luke leckley I think that's you call it. Damien Dulukulecki. He was, uh, uh, I think he still makes some great gut strings. They were like these expensive oh. gut strings that my uh, bass teacher in Boston had had turned me on, and I loved them for some years. And oh, wow. same thing, yeah. I used them for like D and G, and I did that for some years. Mm-hmm. And as time went on, uh, I was like, nah, I'm not hearing that gut string. And plus, I was, you know, my intonation was bad already. I needed something. I need all the help I could uh, to my, stay in tune. Yeah. So sure. I started, right. I went back to, you know, some spiral cores, I think, mm-hmm. for some time. And then, really, uh, most of the time I've been playing now, uh, I've been using Diodario's uh, Helicores, you know, uh, hybrid yeah. strings. Because 
because personally i wanted to be able to have Bo as much you know even though that kind of mm-hmm. went left my life for some time i feel <laughs> uh <laughs> and, and play pizzicato but have that kind of evenness that the be because yeah. and also that it they broken really fast you know mm-hmm. i went mm-hmm. to a time where i would would, would actually change strings every few months and then, wow and yeah i don't know why it was a short period and then and then that stopped i i might have changed strings once a year you know because oh, yeah. I, I just didn't want to deal with the bright sound and whatever but it's always it a pro- and then as i said there was some time where i, I used those for for a, a, a period of time and then i wanted to like break out and like i wanted to find that other that you know string that i didn't know about and and come right. up with a great sound and i spent my i mean unfortunately i could afford it at the time and i was mm-hmm. spending money i even remember even sending out emails to some of my favorite bass players like like scott collie even larry oh, yeah. oh yeah there and a few other but just to hear what they had to say you know what they were using uh mm-hmm. some of them said eva parasi and then we went through you know, Ga- garbos i'm sure garbos we're all this yeah. all this and you know what i tried a good i don't know six or seven different kinds of mm. strings what mm-hmm. happened bob what happened came right back to those deodario hybrids, yeah right yeah. it was just it, like it you works. know what <laughs> it works it was tried true it felt good they were consistent yeah. um mm-hmm. and so i mean this, this 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 whole string game looking for that sound it's probably it's probably a myth that you know you need like that you know a, a certain string for for your 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 sound to be what it is i mean yeah sometimes mm-hmm. we've got a lot of it is in your hands as we started to say but sure. um it can also get expensive to try to figure it out right Definitely. so expensive there's mm-hmm. one thing i wish i was told before don't uh, for those who are trying to who are on a string journey to to find mm-hmm. the right string for your um your bass okay reach out to your bass community don't be afraid to ask guys yep. what's where what you have in your string graveyard what Borrow. what do mm-hmm. you have Trade. to what do you have if you if you have a, a luthier hopefully all of you have have a luthier that you, you you're cool with you tight with you can you get tweaks they also have used strings all the time. Some yeah. some some luthiers might be cool like oh take these off my hands or sell you at a discount because a lot of times what I've noticing and I've shared this with other I mean we spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars and never used those strings again you know so right. um, I don't know I don't Crazy. know how, what, what was your what was your uh, experience yeah, I was that? just going to say be, be careful because you're about to lose your Diodario endorsement bro. I mean yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, that's not <laughs> you're telling people not to buy them not to buy them <laughs> no, <I> mean, uh, <laughs> but they can be yeah especially some of the gut strings that we were talking about some of the hybrids can be uh, just really expensive for like yeah. single strings and it can get yes. real prohibitive you know um, mm-hmm. there is this you know desire to try a bunch of things and I, you mm-hmm. know uh, I've also tried every string that you just not the the gut strings I didn't recognize the name that you right, just mentioned right. but, and, I mean, but I've tried Amina's others that I haven't you know haven't Garbo's rope cores co- yeah there's uh, yeah. Uh, Eurosonic strings that I <laughs> You know, I, I don't know you, but I actually, and we're we, not even talking about anything electric. We're no, just talking no. about upright stuff. Just here, guys. upright bass uh, stuff. Yeah, exactly. The, if we didn't the say that earlier. string, I was turned on. I guess this was this bass play bass site. I can't remember now. Uh, they, I think they're in Jersey. Uh, it's messed up. I should give them a shout out. But uh, they had a whole bunch of strings on, and I 
end up buying a couple and i end up using this eurosonic on the road a lot because it mm. seemed to when i wouldn't take my bass it was a great string to change out and 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 mm. put on a, a bass that had a really tight action or tight g you know kind of like Whoa. the olive but somehow it like it was kind of gut ish but it would it could break in like really fast and you know get get to uh acclimated ah. to the instrument really for whatever reason and i was it was able to play it on anything and it sounded decent on that's any bass really cool so that's uh, really cool so you would you, when you're when you're touring you would take strings with you yeah once i stopped kind of like taking my bass with me yeah i mean I, mm -hmm. my my little setup was make sure i have my we'll get to this obviously i guess uh, mm -hmm. a, a mic my mic I would have uh, a set of strings, but mainly I would make sure I have a couple of G strings that I like that was versatile on uh, on mm. any instrument, a okay. uh, you know, a little tuner and uh, yeah. what is it? and like a bow clip. I used to always have a bow clip. <laughs> That's like, nice. <laughs> with my four things in my little satch satchel. Oh, you know? beautiful. <laughs> in my bass bag. <laughs> my, so hey, my maybe we can purse. jump. A Let's jump ahead, because you just mentioned the mic. Uh huh. Can, what 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 kind of mic would you travel with? Well, uh, you. Uh, if you wow. if you're at liberty, to I'm say. trying to remember now. DPA, DPA, uh, DPA, okay, the, DPA. Yeah, and now you know, I, I came from days of RE20. I went through, mm -hmm. um, I forget the names of AKGs. Uh, mm -hmm. What was the other one I was carrying on for a while? There, there was this this whole bunch. Uh, um, Oh, shoot, I'm messing up now. I can't remember. I should have done my homework uh, on my own self before. You hit all the big here. ones though. Yeah, but, but, especially but it, that DPA. That's, yes, I but mean, the biggest everywhere. thing for me is is the DPA was small and compact because I mm -hmm. I did have a uh, was it was it a Sennheiser Sennheiser or was it mm. a um, maybe another DP another uh, Dutch company. Anyway, high I had a higher end mic that I would always be so nervous of traveling with at the time, right. and because yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh, my job is this is like a fifteen hundred dollar mic or two thousand dollar mic, and I don't, you know, can't play with that. I don't yeah. want to mess with. <laughs> I don't want. I want. I always be so up uptight about it. And then I, you know, sure. of course, this the DPI that I started to use all the time uh, was wasn't cheap it was like a few hundred dollars but at least mm -hmm. i felt it was small and compact and it didn't feel like it was you know as fragile as the higher end mic so that's that i came to that that's my only you know it's my personal you know taste and first personal reasons to have a smaller mic that can fit on any instrument it was a clip on mm -hmm. type thing and and, and keep mm -hmm. it moving and uh, it was consistent and i i heard that from also from engineers that i work with i was fortunate to work with certain engineers over the years that they said of mm -hmm. course they would rather the more higher end mics but them them too they too didn't like having traveling with the higher end mics because they were so fragile so yeah. something like this 10 10 uh what's that thing dpa 1099 i think it is they, they might have yeah, I uh, think upgraded right. upgraded the, the model over now but they thought it was a very consistent mic and it seemed to you know really uh uh transcend not just the bass all the instruments also a lot of acoustic instruments yeah so, yeah beautiful you know, tell beautiful. me about That's you how, cool. how about you your your your, your mic fantasies or, or, hey, or. Uh, well, I also have a DPA mic that mm -hmm. I use, and I mm -hmm. we just keep on the bass like year round. Like when I'm at home, you know, mm -hmm. playing playing around the St. Louis regional area, right. I would just keep it on. Uh, and then I ended up having having trouble with it. Honestly, uh, mm. I'm not not to speak disparaging, but the the cables of it, some of the wiring, okay, now started to that is th that was a problem early on for me. That mm. um, uh, they the, the cables were fragile. 
But yeah. then, okay, and you then had that too. I had that problem. I would always have to send. I ended up buying two, right? Ah, but okay. then they changed the mod. They, they ha- obviously had that issue. Uh, and then you're able to have cable would be able to come up, come. Um, it was a different attachment. The cable was different. You could oh. take it, it was away from the mic okay. itself. So you could, mm-hmm. if anything that happened to cable, you could just replace the cable and just, you know, ah. and that's it. But unfortunately for those who had already bought the mic years Previous before, yeah. they, and, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't retroactive. You couldn't just, you set it up. I, I tried to do that with the company oh. and they were like, nah, okay. nah, nah, bro. You got to go ahead and yeah. buy another mic. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> trying uh, to make money yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> at, at at home I like this. Uh, I've got a a, a nice uh, warm audio U forty seven, which is a you know just mm-hmm. a really versatile mic. That I really like for being at home. Right. Um, I I would never take it on the road for the, the reasons mm-hmm. that you just mentioned. You know, because right. I don't want it to get damaged. It's kind of a pain in the butt, but I could use this smaller mic as well. Right. But right. even you know even you know like that. I think we could we could probably. F- we talked about strings. We didn't really talk about setup, like height, things like that. We don't need to, I don't think. But, uh, you know, the next idea is to get, like, we're trying to, talking about mics, we're talking about getting our sound louder for right. when we're performing or yes. for recording, of course. Mm-hmm. So pickups could mm-hmm. be, you know, are often used as well, like yes. uh, different kinds of pickups. Mm-hmm. Do you ever use a pickup? Uh, if there's a pickup on the bass, like of the, the bass du jour, like wherever you end up, if, I mean that, that was that's one thing I forgot to to rem- uh, to include in my little kit. <laughs> okay. I would I've always I was always bringing like a a realist uh, D- uh, David Gage realist mm-hmm. or uh, other I can't remember maybe an Underwood. Um, I would have mm-hmm. one just in case the the pickup that was on the instrument um, wasn't wasn't uh, great. But over the years mm-hmm. I stopped to even even do that. I would be like let me just tweak it as much as I can with the amp or whatever because sometimes it's a pain to kind of like take put on or take off the, the, the pickups and i i also found that a lot of times i would leave the pickup on the instrument after the oh gig. really oh yeah i'll be in the next right. city i'd be like damn i forgot to take that pickup off damn um, oh, that, no yeah, that was just me you know <laughs> being you know dumb but but it's an extra thing you shouldn't have to think about but no. you know we care about our sound you know and yes. you care about yes you know, and and i've been you know for, for the most part i've followed the trend over the years you know i've been a I know David Gage personally, and he's been a, a great friend of mine. So I always support his products, and they always work great for me. That's the the mm-hmm. realist, the uh, and all the products that 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 has come out of the David Gage based shop. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there's those that that there's so many out there now of that course. you know. Uh, I mean, can you? Uh, there's the full circle. Obviously, that's Fishman who's, who's been around uh, yeah. forever. Also, um, hey, there's the Underwood. Actually, do they even do the Underwood pickups anymore? That, I don't know, but that know? that's that's uh-huh. the beginning of my my mm-hmm. pickup journey yeah. with those Underwoods. Uh, right. uh-huh. You know that you would stick in the wings of the uh-huh. bridge. Yes, that yes. would kind of just like fit right up mm-hmm. in there. Right. At uh, one point, I had a Barbera pickup. Yes, that was Barbera. really fancy, and uh-huh. I really liked that. Yes, Barbera. Uh, and then these days, obviously. This Marcus yeah, Berry, yeah, yeah. that's that's totally. total uh, Ray Brown. You know, he uh, pioneered that that pickup. I think yeah. also uh, Ray, maybe. I'm uh, sorry, Ron also was a Marcus Berry. I don't mm. know if he still used. No, I think he's he's with David Gage now. But uh, gotcha. I mean, yeah. But uh, I think it's also very situation from base to base. That's one thing we have Definitely. to make sure that we understand uh, that every instrument has its own personality. Uh, just mm-hmm. like most 
you know, bassists have their own personality in the way they play. You you figure out what works best for you, and that also the pickup game can also be like uh, <laughs> endless, endless. endless. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you reach out to your resources, see if you could figure it out for a gig or two. You'll know uh-huh. right away if it works for you or not. If you want to invest the time and money in, in so, developing your sound with that particular product. So talking about money, by the way, Mm -hmm. you know, we haven't really talked about the elephant in the room, which is the bass itself. Hello. Because basses obviously can cost as much as the house. There you you go. Uh, You know, and you know, what's your your take on on, on all that, Bob? I want to hear from you first. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So (laughs) I've not had a lot of basses in my life. I've I've Uh got a a German flatback bass that I really like right now that I've been using now for, uh, you know, going close to 15 years yeah. and uh, I just really enjoy it. I'm kind of wary to play other basses sometimes because I am afraid that I might fall in love. It's a little yes. personal thing, you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm scared. I don't want to get hurt, you know. Yep. Uh, you. <laughs> I'm not trying to I find that you. bass that's going to mess me up, you know. You. But um, but it's, you know, it's, it's again, it's a personal thing. You have to take into consideration I'm not a big, like, I am not as tall as Ron Carter. You know, right. I'm not, a, like, a tall dude. I'm, like, 5'7", mm-hmm. barely. Right. Uh, and so, like, I don't, you know, there's certain bases that, that just don't aren't going to work for me physically. Yes. Yes. That's the first thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, there might be a beautiful sounding bass out there mm-hmm. that's just not going to work for me to be able to play. You right. know what I mean? Simple as um, that. Yeah, exactly. But then, you know, the there are ways, like, how do you go about finding a bass? Mm-hmm. Like... How do you how do you find a bass? You got to go play a bunch of them. You, you have know? to just like anything. You have to try, and hopefully you're in a position to actually uh, take it home. And mm-hmm. I mean, these days it seems like that that can happen quite some. If you're buying, sorry, if you're buying from a, a individual or from a, a luthier or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I've been fortunate and. That, you know, obviously I haven't bought an instrument in some years, but I remember the couple times that I did, the last few times I did, I was able to actually take the bass and like record with it or even like travel mm. with it a couple times. Oh, wow. Like sign yeah. a, a, a waiver or a <laughs> credit card or whatever way just in case something yeah. happened to it and like yeah. really decide whether I wanted to buy this instrument or not. And we should be able to do that in this, For sure. in this day and age. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of different school of thoughts Sorry, sounds like my bass is. Sorry, I have an instrument here. It's resonating. At least I heard it in my headphones. Uh, it's. Um, I don't think we need to be spending a whole crazy amounts of money to get a good instrument in this day and age. You know sure. what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it, uh, there's this thing around buying high pedigree basses. Um, mm-hmm. And for your, your average, ja- especially jazz Staccato player, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you, there's no need to buy a, a, a very expensive instrument to get a great sound because it's mm. still all in your hands. You know, half mm-hmm. of it is all you have. Of course, the better the instrument, the better sound, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, but it all goes back to you know knowing you know what what kind of setup you like, what works for your, your for, for you, and hopefully you mm-hmm. have a luthier who can bring out that help you bring out that sound also. You yeah. know. Um, I I will give you, uh, I think, I mean I don't think I've spent more than five to seven thousand dollars. That's that's my personal you know best uh, on an in- instrument. Uh, now these instruments are worth more between mm-hmm. ten and twelve. Uh, mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I I purposely would never go up to David Gage's shop. This is when he was in his, his he moved the upstairs. Since, 
upstairs to like there's a third no there's a fourth floor maybe i can't remember what it was it was like maybe a fourth floor where the high pedigree bases used to be oh, you know gotcha yeah 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 and uh and i would never go up there <laughs> i just don't want to know i was like no. yeah yeah exactly. i was like same reason as you just said i was like i don't want to but one day <laughs> Uh, my good friend Sam who used to Sam Finlay he, he worked with David I think he has his own shop now through David in Jersey mm. but he was like Ruben alright just, just come up and check this base come on come on I know you don't uh -oh. go up there but I like, know Sam okay alright <laughs> Sam says so I'm gonna go up there and of course I walk in the little doors open it's like oh, all these like, <laughs> 50,000, 70,000, 80,000 dollar bases in my head. I'm uh -huh. like, really? People are uh -huh. taking out mortgages and, and uh, symphonies yeah. are taking out, you know, yo, well, you got to take $1,500 from every check to pay for this base for the next 10, 15 years. It, it, I'm like, no, I don't I don't want that. But I did play this one instrument that Sam was like, yo, this is some stuff. I uh -huh. can't even remember how much it was. It was maybe it was $40,000. I don't know. It was, it was, it was in that range, 30, 40. Wow. And I got to yeah. say, I thought about it in that moment. I'm like, okay, if I got this much in savings, okay, I could, I could maybe. How can uh, I make this I, work? I could, I could, yeah, I could, it could take a free finance, and I could do. I, I thought <laughs> about it. That's the yeah. one reason why I'm like that instrument played so beautifully. It was oh. so easy. It yeah, yeah. spoke, even made it me feel like I could play with the bow. So there's wow. some truth to like the better the instrument, but it doesn't have sure. to be that way. You don't have to lose your shirt off your back on yeah. a base to 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 get a nice one you know to but hopefully uh, what you know long just what you said in the beginning hopefully you're able to try as many as possible to mm -hmm. to um to get to what you think is going to work for you for you for you your know? sound yes exactly you mm -hmm. know like uh, we don't want the gear to dictate what it is we're trying to get the sound to be you know no. if you're like playing on a on a bass that's really really bright yeah. but you you know you like how it looks or whatever that i don't know if that makes sense or not you know right. it depends on what you're doing yeah but uh i gotta i gotta share too that i think this was this was still last year this was the towards the end of 2020 but i saw online that one of charlie hayden's old pullmans mm. was for sale huh. um and uh i forget where what who was listing it and i saw the price and I was like, dang, I just even want to go play it. Charlie Hayden's bass, are you serious? Yep. Charlie Hayden's Pullman? Yeah. That he that, you know, I've got the records that he was playing with this bass, and there's pictures of him playing with you know, all these incredible people. And I was like, Oh man, I'm it's still COVID. I can't go make a trip. I can't go play this, you know, mm. this bass. And I would keep sending uh daily texts to my wife, Beth is gonna hate hearing about this. But I'd send her links to the thing and I was like, how do I? How do we do this? How do we make Hello. this work? I know Come we just on. had a baby, but, but how? How? Yeah, forget, how? <laughs> forget that little thing. This is more important. This is my baby over here. This is my other baby. Uh, exactly. This could be my baby, but you right. know what? I mean, it's that whole thing too. I had the the great privilege to play Oscar Pettiford's bass, his last bass, wow. right? Oh, On, wow. In concert, I did a I did a gig in Copenhagen where I mm. I was leading a, a, a Copenhagen you know festival or you know celebrating uh oscar pettiford why oh, didn't cool. ask me to do that but i went there and i was playing with 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 some danish musicians at this club for mm -hmm. like three or four days and the guy who owned pettiford's last instrument uh who was a classical bassist but in mm. enjoyed and revered jazz music and oscar pettiford um okay. came and he was like look uh I'd like you to play his, you know, you're, you're doing a celebration for Oscar Pettiford. 
And I was like, oh, wow, what? Are you serious? You know, he bought the bass. He bought the bass. The bass wasn't that great. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's Oscar. Oscar's that great. But it hadn't really been, hadn't given any love. No one was actually had, he wasn't even playing that instrument. It hadn't been given Mm. any love Mm. over all this time. He would just bring it out and the guys play it. And he himself was like, look, it's not in in perfect shit because I never used to play. I used to play play yeah. another bass for my but i just wanted to own this instrument but and so but what i would do is every night i would play one song one little solo bass piece on it that's mm-hmm. all i i felt i could give i couldn't do it justice like oscar pettiford good first of all and and and, awesome. and also yeah. it wasn't great it wasn't it didn't <laughs> feel as good as my instrument that i had bought there so uh you know so i don't know you gotta hopefully you know, maybe you missed out on, on Charlie's bass, but maybe he wasn't, you know, wasn't in great shape anymore. <laughs> you know, and I kind of talked about it earlier, too. I, mm-hmm. You know, it was a full-size bass. He played big oh, big instruments. It was yeah. a four. It was a full 4-4, four, four, you know, oh, full-size bass. I can't and uh, no. likely it would have just been a beast for me to try to play it anyways. So, right. you know, right. it's not broke. I love my bass that I'm using. Hello. Someday that might change, you yeah. know, but uh, that, if I can make they, music on it, that's what it is. Those air muffs so. she got on the bass back there, she's not hearing you talk about, about this, is it? Oh yeah, right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I did get some new hat pegs put on, but uh, that's a whole another. That's a much deeper podcast conversation. Oh, we start talking hello. about the pegs and the tuning, you hello. know. Well, all, you know, all that stuff. Well, I mean, what, what, what else? What's what's last on the list? This last couple things. So about gear. yeah, I, I knew it was going to happen too when we started talking about gear. We talk about strings for you know like thirty minutes, you know, nonstop. <laughs> talk about bases and pickups and mics, man. It just never ends. Of course, we. I don't think we need to talk about preamps, although people talk about preamps, you know, right. like using mm-hmm. that before you go into an amplifier right uh Uh, we could talk about amplifiers real quick in the conversation of uh you know uh using using a pickup because that's probably the first place that will go Mm. uh i personally really like euphonic audio stuff Mm -hmm. i've got a a a doubler amp that'll allow me to use a microphone uh input you know if i'm using my warm audio mic i think that's great to use and then also take a, a blended signal with a little bit of pickup right but you know that's that's just what it is, you know. And, that's, that's and what's it's going all on. situation once again, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Depends on Definitely. where you're playing, who you're mm-hmm. playing with, probably, right? Sure. All yep. the above. I do remember I would take a preamp. I actually even bought a, a, a small preamp for one reason for some years, and this is what's funny. That? It was only because when I would play at Smoke Jazz Club in New York City, they okay. always would have uh, what was uh, what's the name of that. Uh, a contra a contra amp uh-huh the acoustic image acoustic image yeah that or they would have some product from acoustic image and i would always i always felt my instrument my setup my bass and my pickup never sounded mm-hmm. good with acoustic image products i wow. even had an acoustic image guy uh uh, when they first came out, give me one of the heads, Claris, I think it was called. Okay, like, uh-huh. yeah. Either or, either gave it to me or he gave it to me at a ridiculous price. Even we went to like wherever they were making them, like in the, in the city, whatever. He came out to the gig or whatever. You know, he was oh, wow. super nice. And cool. I remember using that like four, three or four times, and that was it. You know, uh, and 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 not to say that the product isn't great, it just didn't fit what I needed for my instrument so what i'm saying Absolutely. i got this preamp for that reason so that when i go to 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 smoke 
I could mm-hmm. plug that preamp to try and tweak it even more because whatever I was getting from the amp would never, at least, at least for my ears, it was never yeah. giving me what I wanted to do. And 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 I wow. definitely end up using that preamp probably on the road a little bit, but very very little. But I know many bases who, especially traveling bases, who would have that also in their little arsenal to kind of like help their sound because it's also a mental thing right it probably sounds yeah. great sounds wonderful mm. but mm-hmm. in their mind they're like i need to tweak it a little bit so i can feel comfortable musically right hey <laughs> and if that works if that helps yeah why uh-huh. not why yes not? you know it's all right if it's, it's okay the music as long as you, you 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 find a way so that you're not it doesn't consume you right because yeah, don't it, get hung up on it because yeah. that's the easy it's a, very easy to get there, you know. So yeah. find find a and, way to. And you, sp- huh? You spend all your bread. You spend all the gig bread on your on your gear too. Right. <laughs> thinking that you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. I gotta get this again. You know, whatever mm-hmm. that. No. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. We don't need man. No, no, no. <laughs> and, and and the last thing that you have here, also, you talk about using your DA box or, or monitor yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, ultimately, it's the, it's the trust factor you have in in the people who are mixing you know your sound when you use your right. di box or use a, a monitor i personally like to use as much if i can get a monitor a good monitor uh mm-hmm. sound in in acoustic setting uh that sounds great i'd i tend to actually use that mostly or mainly mm. as much as mm-hmm. i can if it's good uh and have uh, the uh, amplifier sound as optional or secondary mm-hmm. to the monitor sound you know ah, um, that's mm-hmm. my personal choice it's can you know that's usually not I feel that's like I'm a last one Mohicans with that kind of thing but uh, I find I find the more acoustic I could get the, the sound which obviously would come yeah. through the mic and blend just a little bit of the uh, the um the amp to give me a little bit more of that booty a little bit more mm-hmm. low end it it, mm-hmm. it kind of i don't know it, it it's it seems more natural in the way especially in a lot of the groups that i play in um and uh and also hopefully yeah. keeps keeps the volume down on stage for everyone yeah. you know yeah, for uh, sure, the, for so sure. i mean that, as i said that's my personal choice and i've seen i feel like it's worked for me for 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 quite some time so when you're on stage <coughs> i know that there's this a, a thing that 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 we do sometimes where we use the microphone signal to go out in the house yes oh yeah right uh-huh. and mm-hmm. but but maybe use uh some of that signal mixed maybe blended with uh some pickup on stage just mm-hmm. to be able to hear it a little bit more immediately right or maybe hear hear more attack or and also to help with whatever blending needs to happen on stage keep the yeah. drums out of the mics uh-huh. is that something is that something is that what you're talking about just now like i mean a yeah situation I, like I, that? I, yes i mean as far as in whatever's going out into the to the um to the sound engineer i've let mm-hmm. i let go of that's up to them yeah i let go of of um the control i guess aspect that i you should think i could have when okay. it comes to uh, <laughs> like <I said> that. <laughs> to uh, what happens, because really and truly, you're not in honest. You don't know how it sounds. You're hoping for the best. Of course, if you if you tra- travel, if you've been fortunate, where I, I have been able to for, uh, fortunately travel with certain sound men consistently over many years, and mm-hmm. of course, I've gained some incredible trust in them because they're very consistent. But mm. letting go of of what it, it you know you, you you can only say one or two things. Main thing, a lot of times I said, look, I w- I'd like it to be as acoustic as possible, at least sound as acoustic as possible. I understand mm. it's impossible when once we get, you know, going with the drums and everybody's allowed, it's, it's probably incredibly hard to 
keep it as sounding as acoustic as possible but i just want to put sure. that in here this is where i this is how i um hear it you know what i mean mm -hmm. and hopefully you mm -hmm. can you can uh, uh put it out there for the for the world to hear in, in, in yeah. this concert and and also coming with a you know open arms and big hugs and and and, and fist yep. bumps in a way that they can help you because i've seen it really get nasty with sound engineers when you come in like look this is the way i need it and you know and not with just the bass with other instruments i've, I've seen it just get so out and i'm like oh my god wow yeah. are we here to play good plus music you, people plus that musician is ruining it for everybody else in the band yeah, too. <laughs> exactly. when unfortunately that happens and i've seen that just a couple times myself too and it's just yeah. like you just blew it for everybody man yeah. our whole sound is gonna suck now <laughs> just be cool man just be yeah. cool just always be go back to <laughs> yep and on that uh, note uh, let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's be cool this has been so much fun talking hey, about gear always. and setups and things like that which we could do we could make a whole separate podcast just talking about this junk i'm sure you but better believe it you know but make sure it's make sure you're going for the sound that you're looking for yes you know, and don't go for the sound we all our person have our own sounds our own personalities on the instrument hopefully can come out acoustically and project mm -hmm. it to your equipment that you choose Right. Yeah, and I'm trying to get Ruben's sound. I uh, want your sound, man. Don't I, I do love that. your sound. You'll be, a, you'll, be <laughs> you'll be right here with me with no gigs. Yeah, see. <laughs> please, please. Pandemic no, or not, just chilling. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob. Oh, All man. Right, man. Uh, great to see you, Ruben. All Peace. Right. Everybody, be well. See you next right. time. Holla. Stay safe. See ya.